Well, hey there. This is Kim Constable. Welcome to the Kim Constable podcast, the podcast that helps you to live a happy and fulfilled life with more joy, purpose, and passion. Here, what do you what do you think about that for a wee riff? Do you like it? Just came up with that actually this morning and I was, I was quite happy with it. Uh, Sunday morning, sitting in my office recording this podcast because I like to try and get ahead for the week if I can. And I do know that we missed the podcast last week. I'm really sorry. I literally had to fit a full week's work into three days. And it was really, really, really tough because I took my husband away to London for two days for his birthday, which actually was really a trip for me disguised as my husband's birthday trip because I really, really just needed to get away. I've um, been under a lot of pressure recently with the launch of the new business and everything else going on. So I just really needed to vacate my life for a couple of days. So off we went to London and we had the most marvelous time. So we're going to bring you two podcast episodes this week. And this one is kind of like a little bonus episode for you. Uh, it was an episode that I recorded with the lovely Sheila Bella. Well, actually, she interviewed me on her podcast. Um, she has a podcast called The Pretty Rich Podcast. She is absolutely phenomenal. We recently became friends on Instagram. She befriended me, and I just think that she is the most adorable, wonderful woman. Uh, whenever she invited me to better podcast, I was absolutely delighted. So she sent me all the files and she um, agreed that I could share them with my audience. And so I thought I would upload this as a bonus episode because the chat between Sheila and I, the business building tips that we give, the life strategies that we give, you know, really are um, <laughs> really are life changing. You know, Kim, you're just so... Um, uh, what's the word? So humble, Kim, talking about your life-changing strategies that you teach people. But actually, no, I know that you guys do love all the shit that I talk because <laughs> you tell me all the time. And so I thought that you might find this one useful. Uh, we do dive very deep into, you know, what it takes to be successful. She asks me about everything from homeschooling, uh, because she's interested in herself. And we chat about, you know, the mindset of someone who's successful. We talk about, you know, what it really takes to be successful in bodybuilding and also in business. Uh, we just cover loads of other fun stuff as well. So a little bonus episode for you uh, this week. And we will be back on Thursday with the regular Kim Constable podcast episode for you. But I did want to give you this a little bonus and a little sorry for missing the podcast last week. So I truly do hope that you enjoy it. I will chat to you again at the end. What's up, Pretty Rich fam? It's Sheila Bella. And today... Um, I have like probably one of my favorite episodes I've ever done, uh, probably one of my favorite guests ever. So you cannot miss this one. And you guys know I don't say that on every episode. So you guys know I really mean it. My guest today is the one and only Kim Constable, the sculpted vegan. And she is sculpted and she is vegan and she is quite wealthy <laughs> and successful. Um, not only that, you guys, she is a wonderful human being. I think she's misunderstood a lot on social media. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview because I felt like I, I got a true sense of who she really is. All right, friends, I want to get on with this interview because it's literally going to blow your mind. Kim Constable is in the house and she's in my house. What? Here we Hey, you guys, what's up? I'm just chatting it up here with Kim Constable, a.k.a. the Sculpted Vegan, a.k.a. the Million Dollar Mentor. Now, Kim Constable is a vegan yoga teacher turned competitive bodybuilder who built a multi-million dollar fitness empire in 18 months 
from her kitchen table while homeschooling her four young kids and, you know, looking ripped at the same time, like, you know, no big deal. She is the host of the Kim Constable podcast and the founder of the Million Dollar Mentor. She's known as the Sculpted Vegan on Instagram, and she has hundreds and thousands of followers, 224K followers to date. Um, And I'm so excited to have her here on the Pretty Rich podcast. She's pretty. She's rich. This is the place to be. Welcome, Kim Constable. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I love that, actually, the Pretty Rich podcast. It's like I always say to people that uh, the two money make the two money making uh, schemes you want to be in are uh, getting thin, getting rich. And I was like, oh, my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, was it the three, um, the three. What is it? The three types of businesses to be in that make the most money are health, wealth, and relationships. And you Ah. are in two out of those three. You will always have a job, Kim. Yes, apparently so. I hope so. Clearly. Okay. So um, I'm so excited to dive into your story, uh, but just kind of like, just want to warm up my podcast guest with a little bit of rapid fire. Are you down? Yes. Go for it. Okay, a little bit of rapid fire. Six questions. Where are you from and where did you grow up? Start off easy. I am from Belfast in Northern Ireland, and I grew up in a little, tiny little village called Island McGee, which is in the north of Ireland. So I'm a country girl at heart, even though now I live in the city, except Belfast isn't really a city because it only has, I think, 600,000 people. So it's a very small city, but that's where I live currently in the north of Ireland. Wow. Okay. So what time is it there right now? It's 9 a.m. here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's uh, just after 5 p.m. So we're eight hours apart. Okay. So after this, you're going to quit, right? Or you still have more work yeah, to no, do? No. <laughs> no, no, I'm done. I'm done tonight. <laughs> um, book that's changed your life. Oh, there's been absolutely loads of books that have changed my life. But probably one of the most profound recently is uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. Mm-hmm. I listened to it audible it was like a long long listen to about 12 12 hours long but actually interestingly from reading that book the whole final chapter was about his daughter Michaela Mm -hmm. um and there's a whole backstory to that but I actually reached out to her after listening to it um reached out to her on Instagram and we have become incredible friends like incredible friends I supported her the whole time her dad was sick recently and Mm -hmm. so not only did I have profound changes from reading the book but I also gained like a really good friend from it as well so double very familiar um I would say that's an it's in my list too Jordan Peterson we've seen him live like three times um yeah he's helped me through a lot of a lot of shit in my life I have to say um I know and he's so misunderstood um I don't know if I told you this but my husband had a stroke about two years ago 36 years old he was on carnivore like Michaela wow Yeah. And I guess it just didn't agree with his body or something. It was severe dehydration. Um, and I was in the ICU with him for 10 days. Didn't see my kids for, you know, like for that whole time, didn't shower, couldn't sleep. And I just kept thinking about JP Jordan Peterson, how the antidote to chaos is, um, become the most reliable person, take on as much personal responsibility as possible. And that's what got me through was yeah. Yeah. JP. Yeah. Okay. I mean, cause yeah, you, ha- you, ha- you can't be the victim at that point. You have to be the victor. You have to fight on. So yeah. Um, that's so that. crazy. Yeah. You, love- our pillars are the same. 
Okay. Um, who are you inspired by? Because you inspire so many people. I see it every day. You know, you're the one of the people that inspires me to do squats <laughs> <laughs> and make money. <laughs> so who are you inspired by? Do you know, it's interesting. There's nobody, but some people have asked me this before. And of course I could say things like, you know, Oprah Winfrey or, you know, Brene Brown or these really great thought leaders of our time. And of course people like that do inspire me, but mostly I've been inspired more by, um, interestingly, male bodybuilders. You know, there's a, a male bodybuilder who I'm actually very, very uh, good friends with now. Ever since I interviewed him on my podcast, we became good friends. Um, and, uh, and I, and so I would, I would say male bodybuilders probably in in from years ago, um, the likes of Dorian Yates, who I've become good friends with, like they really had to work really, really, really hard, really intensely hard and sacrifice an enormous amount in order to get where they were, you know, in the bodybuilding sphere. And I there's an enormous amount of discipline required to become a bodybuilder, especially someone at the top of your game. So I guess I'm more and more inspired by people who have achieved great physical things rather than people who are great thought leaders. But of course there's, you know, there's the Gandhis and the, you know, um, people who have really, and Martin Luther King, people who really changed our world. There's so many people I'm inspired by, but I guess like one of my core principles that I live by is, you know, just hard work, discipline and dedication and just showing up every day and getting it done. I really am inspired by people who have that kind of work ethic. Um, and Dorian mm-hmm. Yates would definitely be a huge, uh, would have been a huge inspiration for me in especially the the way he he developed bodybuilding and he went left field completely and developed an entirely different system of training that then um, that then became mainstream for many, many people that didn't even exist before. So people who, who step outside the box, think outside the box, you know, step outside their comfort zone and don't follow the crowd are definitely people who inspire me um, more than people who've achieved great things, if that makes sense. I don't know. Mm. It's a hard one. I've been asked that before and I don't really have like one person who I would say, oh yes, this person really inspires me. Um, but, but you said like more. physicality, physicality inspires you because it's, it's hard to accomplish. Yeah. It's really hard to accomplish, but also it's more, it's, until you have competed as a bodybuilder at the top of your game, you truly don't understand the sacrifice and discipline required to, to do it. And that then transcends many areas of your life. And I'm not saying that other people in business or, you know, like, and, and again, you know, even to say like the Gandhis or Martin Luther Kings or Mother Teresa's to say that, you know, it's almost so far right. Those people are, are almost like untouchable, you know, you, mm-hmm. in terms of their mission and what they achieved, but real people who I've actually met in my life, who I, um, who I, I I can relate to, I guess. Um, someone like Dorian Yates would be a great inspiration for me. Men bodybuilders, interestingly, more than female for me. Interesting. Interesting. Your podcast right now, it's recently renamed the Kim Constable podcast. I took a look at the graphic and um, the tagline is nobody cares, work harder. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my husband sent that to me as a graphic a while ago. I remember he saw it on Instagram and he and he sent it to me. Nobody cares, work harder. And I was like, I want you to inscribe this on my gravestone. Like literally when you bury me or cremate me or whatever you're going to do to me, I want this to be like what is inscribed. By, I can't think of the name. There's actually a name for it. Uh, whatever it's called. I can't remember. But you know, this is how I want to be remembered with, with this catchphrase. Nobody cares, work harder. Like truly. It's if I could... If, 
if I could give anyone any advice who wants to achieve anything in business or bodybuilding or, you know, in the relationships of their life, it's like, really, nobody cares. Just work harder. Stop whinging about it and just work harder. I'm a big one for work harder. And I'm always trying to inspire people to do more with their lives. Yeah, that's a, that. I mean, I love the no BS um, sound of that. Uh, but, and it is very inspiring. I think uh, some people might be offended by it, but um, yeah, I'm totally inspired by it. So my last question for this rapid fire was if you had a billboard on Times Square, what would it say? And I guess you just answer that kind of early, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess like, <laughs> so either nobody cares work harder or, you know, another one I guess would be nobody owes you anything. Nobody in this life owes you a single thing. You know, you, we were so, I, I, I come across it every single day in business and people are so entitled, you know, we, we think that we're entitled to have things or, you know, um, and we want things without earning them. So it would either be nobody cares about Carter or it would be, um, nobody owes you a thing. Nobody mm-hmm. owes you one single thing that those mm-hmm. would be my billboards. Can I have two mm-hmm. billboards? Can I be greedy? Sure. You're Kim Constable. You're the sculpted, ve- you have your, the sculpted <laughs> vegan billboard and your million dollar mentor mentor billboard. billboard. Yeah. yeah, sure. Well, well, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, okay. So when I look at your Instagram and, you know, listen to your podcast and everything, I'm like, wow, this girl has her ish together. She has her ish together. I see all your designer things. I look at your designer kids and your designer husband and your designer house and your designer team, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm like, what? Um, so, but what I'm interested in um, is what's challenging you right now? You know, cause I mean, you're human and you say it all the time, but then we look at you and we're like, no, she's not. <laughs> I know. I know I do. I, what's challenging me. Um, do you know what's really interesting that I have managed to achieve, I believe, is whenever something is challenging me, I find I feel that I'm a very, very resourceful person. So when something challenges me, I find a way to fix it. And so recently with the launch of my second company, I had to increase my complexity, I call it. So every single time I've hired or I've started, you know, whenever I went from doing most of, say, the project management in the business myself, which I used to do, um, and I hired a full-time director of operations who literally took over all of the project management, I had to increase my complexity. I had to level up to now not manage things myself, but to manage a team of people managing things. And that was a really turbulent time for me. I remember it. I was like, oh, why am I feeling so like out of sorts? And like things are hard at the minute and it was so easy. And what I realized is every time I find it hard, I it's because I'm leveling up and I need to figure out a way. You know, I, I've like, that's funny. My director of operations, Jamie, she said to me last week, I can see you're reaching your threshold. She said your emotional and your physical threshold because we just launched a new company. We brought in 500 new members. They're all in a Facebook group asking questions and wanting support. And I still have the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people we have in the Sculpted Vegan and I have many coaches and I have a whole team. And and so I really just reached the point where I was like, I was up here and I would then, I'm also trying to see my husband and I'm trying to see my kids and I'm trying to see my family. And and I was like, okay, something has to give. So I look at what ha- what I did recently. That's what I was really struggling with until last week. And then what I did was I looked at the, I was like, okay, where are all of the areas that I am focusing my time where I could be not focusing my time, where I could hire someone else in yeah. to do this for me. And so that's what I did last week. Um, I hired in. So the one area, my, my goal in business has always been to replace myself so that I'm only, I'm doing the things in the business that only I can do. 
Mm-hmm. So that has always been my goal, right? you know, to constantly replace myself. And so last week we we hired a full-time content writer and I've been looking for a content writer for a long time, but I can't find anyone who is like me, but there's yeah. a girl on my team. She's been a coach for over a year. And honestly, I would say she's the only person in the world who has like a personality like me. Okay. And when she writes well, actually, my, my copywriter, Alison, is also, she has my voice, but she's trained to have people's voices, whereas Vanessa is actually Naturally. me, yeah. but American, you know? Amazing. And uh, the conversations that we have are hilarious. And so I've, I brought her on full-time. She's now working as a full-time content writer. And she literally took this enormous amount of work off my plate and just took it away. And I was like, oh, I feel free again. Okay. And then suddenly I realized once that was gone, now I have time to spend with my children. Now I saw her with my husband every night. Now I have, you know, I can see my friends for coffee because she literally took five hours a day off my plate and took it away. That's and amazing. So anytime, yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. And, and I was, and it, but it felt really weird for a few days. Cause I was like, there's something missing. I should be doing, I kept checking my diary. I was like, right. how funny something I should be doing. Oh my <laughs> but, gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, I need a content writer. What does your content writer do for you? And what is what is? Where do you find one? <laughs> so she does. Uh, she does. Every, so basically, she takes the ideas that are in my head and she puts them on paper. So she goes through my one of the things that she does. Two of the things that she does at the minute is everything that I every video that I do in the Million Dollar Mentor. Every li- I do a live masterclass on a Monday and I do a live Q and A on a Wednesday. The minute those go, the minute those are finished. She, uh, she takes that, she watches the video and she turns it into a piece of content. So she turns it into, here's what Kim taught. Here's all the actions. Here's all the links. Here's all the, all the things. And she turns that into an actionable piece of content. And then she takes that content. She turns it into lead magnets. So she takes that one video and she makes it into content for the members. And then she makes it into freebies that we can put into our other free groups where we can educate people. So I don't actually have to spend the time writing anymore. She goes through my podcasts. She listens to the podcasts and she turns those into free pieces of content. So just this week, she took four of our most popular podcasts and turned them into freebies four lead magnets that that we're now going to run Facebook ad traffic to and use them then in an upsell or a downsell funnel series. She just took the audio, the audio, right? I edited it, broke it yep. down into tiny pieces, put like some yep. sort of like PDF or something or guide with it and an article with it. And then, then now it's a magnet. Now it's yeah, a lead magnet. She, well, because my podcasts always, I always teach, they always do like a, I start with an introduction of what I'm going to speak. And then I do a story point, story point, story point, point conclusion. So they know that the people know my podcasts always have that, uh, or my team know they always have that structure. And so she's able to go, what's the story? What's the point? And I, I give her my notes, my podcast notes too. So she knows where I'm going with it. And she's just taken that content. And she, but the thing is, she's worked for me for over a year as a coach in the Sculpted Vegan program. So she knows the information. She knows mm-hmm. how I teach. She knows what mm-hmm. I would say. She's worked with me directly, constantly, every day on WhatsApp. And, you know, and she's so honestly, you have no idea what that has done for me. And she messages me every day. She's like, I love my job. You have no idea. This is like she was working four jobs before to earn the same money. And she was like, I I just love you so much. And I'm like, no, no, I love you more. She's like, no, I love you more. And I'm like, no, I love you more. (laughs) And and so I said to my husband this morning, it's so beautiful to have this this relationship with someone where we're like, you know, I have helped her so much and she has helped me so much. And we're both so grateful for each other. It is such a beautiful, beautiful relationship. So Mm -hmm. that when I struggle, I look at and I go, where am I missing something? What's missing? And how can I fix it? And so I don't struggle very often. And when I do struggle, I know it's because I have a missing resource. So I think, well, what's the missing resource? 
and how can I fix it? And then once that happens and then that's fixed, then I find myself able to level up. Yeah. So, so that's, that's one of your super fat powers is problem solving. Seeing, yeah, problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. Being, being a problem solver. I see that in you. Just, yeah. okay. Where's, okay. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Yeah. That is yeah. such a relatable story because I feel that way about, you know, a lot of my, my team members as well. Um, it's such a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are so afraid to hire and understandably, because, you know, I think what people think, especially if they've never ran a business is that if you're good to your employees, your team members, they'll be good to you, but that's not always the case. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm lucky I have that now, but it wasn't always that way. So I think people are afraid to hire because they're afraid to, um, you know, let, to dilute the quality of their work. They're afraid to be betrayed. Uh, you know, they're afraid to let go. But then it is such a beautiful thing. I have a beautiful team so that I totally relate to that. It's a win-win, right? Yeah, it's, breaks as well people don't want to give up control you know they're scared of they're fearful of what of what what might go wrong but I've never been afraid of what might go wrong things happen things go wrong all the time in my company and Mm we laugh we like we we put up a just as a general as a funny thing like we put up this thing last week my my Facebook ads manager put in our in our team group and whatsapp and she wrote oh my God, one of the ads had a typo in it. And we were, we couldn't get the ads approved for the million dollar mentor. We had an absolute nightmare. Oh, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure all those keywords, million dollar, like, oh my, how is that going to get approved? Million, such a, such a, a crazy word. But, uh, and so one of the ads went up and it said, instead of saying from mama four to online entrepreneur, whatever it said, it said from F-R-O-N. And it said it in big, massive gold letters. My my designer who made it missed it. I missed it. Vanessa, my 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 um, Facebook ads manager missed it. We all missed it, and it went live as an ad. So of course, everybody then started commenting from from from, and then people then people started like, "This is ridiculous." I was going to sign up for this, but I'm not going to sign up to a company oh, that can't. <laughs> So we inadvertently hacked Facebook's algorithm because the amount of comments that we got, people wanting to correct our, <laughs> our thing, it was brilliant. So it drove so much traffic to the, the ad. But apart from that, so the reason why I'm saying that is she posted it in the group and I saw, and she posted the graphic and I actually snorted with laughter whenever I saw it. I was like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then and everyone then started putting up laughing emojis. They were like, this is hilarious. And I was like, I'm tempted to leave it because it's obviously bringing in so much. Of you know, course. So- and we were having a laugh and then my my designer he was obviously like oh no and then he went away and he fixed it really quickly and he uploaded the graphic and then he put up this other graphic saying I am dyslexic with a cross I am dyslexic with a cross I am dyslexic you know obviously he was making fun of himself <laughs> uh-huh. like I could have gone this is ridiculous this is so bad this is such a bad reflection on the company and on our standards really no mistakes get made shit happens. You laugh and you move on, you know? And, and so I don't get upset about things. I don't get upset when things don't go right. I, Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person, honestly, when I hire, I go, you want to do the job? And they go, yeah, okay. Okay. You're hired. I go fly bitch. I like to push them off the ledge. Just go make the job your own. And if you have any questions, come ask me. And so I just like give people the responsibility to do the job and make mistakes. And I don't get up when mistakes are made. I just, mistakes get made. You just start learning. Oh gosh, I totally relate to that. I have a similar leadership uh, vibe, I suppose. I'm like, yeah, go. Oh, you have I'm questions? Like, <laughs> yeah, push you, you off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm that type of friend that's like, that's like, okay, on three, I'm gonna push you on three. One, two, push. Yeah. <laughs> push. <laughs> I'm like, 
sound exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. So um, I know you just launched your new business called Million Dollar Mentor that's already made half a million and it's only been, you told me, a week and a half. That's insane. Like when it started last week, the, the program started last Monday, but we had a, we had a two week promotional period. So we made, we, we, we sold, I think 532 programs in just in, in 14 days. So $530,000 we made. Um, and it was, but here's, here's the amazing thing. What my team is able to do. We went that we only had the idea for this program four weeks before we launched. I only had the idea. I didn't have a name. I didn't have a concept. I didn't have a website. I didn't have a program. We had nothing. I just, the idea started to formulate. I started to like mull it over and talk it over with my team. And then one day I was like, boom, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this Facebook group. I'm going to give people full access to me behind the scenes and to my team and to ask questions. And I was like, let's do this guys. And within four weeks, we had promotional content videos. We had a webinar, we had Facebook ads, we had, you know, um, emails to the list. We had content for the ad. We, you know, my team can pull together a launch so fast. It's unbelievable. So it was idea to launch in four weeks. Then we made half a million dollars within the two week promotional period. Speed wins. Speed wins. How, um, how many people are on your team? I think somebody asked me this yesterday and I counted, I was like, one, two, three, four. I don't, I think about 17 full-time we have now. And then we have, um, I have other contractors that I work with about another four contractors that I yeah. work with regularly on a, a monthly yeah. retainer. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so on your latest podcast, you talk, talked about, or one of your latest podcasts, you talked about how. Um, as you were getting shredded, <laughs> you were also getting rich. As you were getting pretty, you're also getting rich. So um, <laughs> you said so. You said this super unapologetically, and I feel like if anybody just tuned into just that part of your podcast, they wouldn't understand the full picture, right? So oh, I, I get, I get, I understand. You probably get misunderstood all the time. Just the same as I get misunderstood all the time because I'm the freaking hose of the pretty eye podcast like how shallow are you you know um but I support that a hundred percent I love seeing women like you win and I'm glad you talked about it so freely because you can't get anything done in this life without doing hard things and I'm sure people ask you all the time like how can you get rich and ripped at the same time you're living like you know the the dream right because that's something that everyone wants to do simultaneously and, you know, lower body fat, more money in the bank. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and you manage to do those things and so many more things like in your life, like being a mother and a wife and you shower and you look great, right? <laughs> um, and getting Botox. Yeah. So um, in my experience, um, you know, as, as anything that I've done that's ever been worthwhile, in my opinion, that's meant a lot to me, it all comes down to grit, whether it's physical grit, emotional grit, mental grit, you know, grit is grit is grit. So it totally makes sense to me why somebody who's a billionaire, oh, also has abs. Like the bottom line is they have the mindset to push through doing hard things. There's definitely a correlation between fitness and business. And I think you are the perfect person to speak on this, having have ha had success in both realms. So from your experience, can you elaborate more on where they overlap? Because I think most people think like, okay, I can't work out right now because I'm building my business. Like, but it, the two, so what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> 
Yeah, so I I do talk about this a lot in my podcast, um, and I didn't even know this until it started. Um, I didn't even realize this until I I started teaching. I'm the kind of person, honestly, that I just jump into things. I just go, yeah, this should be really fun. Let's try this. And I just jump in head first, and then I I learn all the lessons along the way. And so what I realized as I was um, as I was training for bodybuilding and as I started then training other people for bodybuilding, I began to realize that, you know, my bodybuilding programs aren't really about getting ripped. They're not really about getting a six pack or about, you know, building a, a body. They it's, it's about what is underneath that because the body is the effect of something else. Just like money is an effect of something else. Money in and of itself is an, is an effect of something else you've done over here. And the money people then purchase your programs and they purchase your products and, and the money then flows to you as an effect. But people who go after money in and of itself, start a business just to make money quite often don't, don't aren't successful because it's, that is not how money flows. And it's the same with, with working in the gym. A lot of people, um, and so a lot of people go to the gym and they they expect fast results and they expect that, you know, they'll build the people who say to me, oh, I just I just want to tone up. I don't want to look like you. And I'm like, sweetheart, I did not get this way by accident. Believe me, I did not wake up one morning and go, oh, my God, my biceps are too big. How did this happen? Like, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. You don't get rich by accident. You don't get ripped by accident. And so the correlation between the two to answer your question really is bodybuilding and training in the gym and 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 is about two things. It's about one, setting a goal, which is the first thing that we get our, our members to do in everything. They say, people say to me on Instagram all the time, you know, oh, how do I, um, how much cardio should I be doing? And I'll say, well, what's your goal? And they go, to lose weight. And I go, well, that's really specific. Well done you. That's great to lose weight. How much weight do you want to lose? How much body fat do you want to lose? What do you want to look like? And they're like, uh, Oh, uh, people just don't know. They don't know what they want to look like. And so in bodybuilding, you have to set a goal first and you have to say, I either want to look like this. I want to weigh this. We don't, we don't like the scale though, because it's not, I'm actually 10 kilos. I'm actually 22 pounds heavier than I was when I started bodybuilding four years ago. So I would be suicidal if I was measuring on the scale. So, but I say to them, you have to have your very specific goal of what you want to look like, how much muscle you want to build, what you want your quads or your booty to look like, but you have to be specific with where you're going. And then you have to next set a plan of how you're going to get there. And, you know, quite often you set your goal first and then you work backwards to where you are now and what you need to do to achieve it. And then you have to show up every single day with discipline, with consistency, with dedication. You don't need to be 100% consistent, but you need to be 95% consistent every single day with your macros and your calories and your, and your, um, your training and your cardio. And you need to be on plan every single day and you need to learn how to not feel like doing it, but do it anyway, mm -hmm. you know, and Will mm -hmm. Smith always says, you know, if you're scared, do it scared. And I love that, you know, and quite often I'll be lying on the couch and I'll be like, Oh, I do not want to do my second cardio. And then I go, but I know I've, I've had this feeling so many times of not wanting to do something. And then I know once I make myself get up and I put on my shoes and I get out the door and I start walking for like one minute, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I did this. What a beautiful evening. It's so fresh and it's dark and it's, you know, and the dog's happy. And you know, I had a state change. And so I think that what we don't realize is many times in life, wherever you, you know, there's, what is the saying? Wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. So whether you walk into the gym or whether you, you know, start a business or whether you decide what kind of mother you want to be or what kind of relationship you want to have, 
you, you are who you are in any of those disciplines, but what you need to work on first is yourself. So you need to work on your ability to show up when it's hard, your ability to make a plan and stick to it, your ability to work every single day towards a goal, whether that be in the gym, whether it be in your business, whether it be, you know, training yourself to be better, making videos or whatever you have to, you have to first work on yourself. And then once you develop, once you realize you're the kind of person who shows up and does what they say they're going to do, you build your inner word to yourself. I have a whole podcast on this and people write to me all the time and they say, oh. you know, I listened to your podcast and I cried. I actually cried because I talk, I say, I say in the podcast, I'm like, if you can't believe your own word, you have nothing, nothing. If you say tomorrow, I'm going to start that diet and you don't start tomorrow. I'm going to make that phone call and you don't make it tomorrow. I'm going to work on this business and you don't do it. If you can't believe your word to yourself, you have absolutely nothing. And so when you build your word to yourself, when you go to the gym and you don't feel like it, when you consistently show up for yourself in business, when you consistently show up for your kids or your husband or in your, for your team, it transcends every area of your life every area of your life. And so there's so many crossovers, I believe, between bodybuilding and business and learning that discipline, having that discipline. First in yoga, because I, I was a very successful yoga teacher before I moved into bodybuilding, but having that daily discipline, consistency of practicing yoga, and then transferring that over into bodybuilding and showing up discipline, disciplining myself to do the hard thing, even when I didn't feel like it, that's the skill that most people are, are missing in this life. We're too governed by our body feelings. We just didn't feel like it that day. People say to me all the time, do you train when you have your period? I'm like, do I train when I have my period? Like, do you think if I called my trainer, I was like, Mark, I'm not coming training today because I have my period. He would go, okay, sweetheart, you go back to bed with a, you know, a cup of something warm and a couple of Advil. He would say, get your ass over to this gym now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. And so I think that we're, we're too, we're too governed by our bodies. We let ourselves off the hook too easily. And that's why we're poor and fat and unhappy <laughs> because we just let ourselves off the hook. We need to stop mm -hmm. letting ourselves off the hook, pull up your big girl pants. Nobody cares, work harder. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is kind of my governing ethos that I try to teach people mm -hmm. in bodybuilding and business in every single walk of life, build your inner word first and everything else will follow as an effect. I love that. I'm going to send you this recording. You must put that out on social media. I, I, it needs to go viral right now. I, I mean, it went viral in my head. I'm going to have to play that for myself every morning. Um, guys, isn't she amazing? Oh my God, snaps freaking constable. Okay, so I'm going to change the subject a little bit. So um, I watched your TED Talk. Uh, last night, um, you are an advocate for homeschooling because you homeschool your four children. So um, this is something my husband and I talk about all the time because that's something we're, we're, we're toying we're toying with the idea. Uh, but but I want to touch a little bit about um, unschooling um, and homeschooling and what are the common myths around it. You know why did you ultimately decide to choose this route? Because I'm so interested in this and I'm highly considering it for my own kids as well, but I wanted to hear it from you because I mean, how long have you been doing this? You have four kids. Forever. We've never, my kids have never gone to school. We've always, always homeschooled. We've always homeschooled. And I think that the common myths, um, the common myths around school are that, you know, your children won't be socialized. I'm like, mm -hmm. hello, we have a chef, a housekeeper, 
two full-time, two gardeners. Like I, I came home today and I was like, I, I, I came home. I was doing something this morning. I went shopping in Belfast this morning because I have a photo shoot tomorrow. And I came home and our chef's in the kitchen and our housekeeper's there. And the boys are just on their way out to tennis match. And there was two gardeners there, you know, doing the edging around the driveway. And there was a guy there painting the garage door. And, you know, and then there's people arriving in and out. You know, I was like, our house is like a hub of activity. So there's no way my kids are not going to be socialized. But apart from anything, they do have a huge amount of friends that they see. Um, but my common myths, you know, I think here's the thing. It's not even that there's myths about homeschooling. Let me tell you what happens with homeschooling. I, people say to me, oh my God, you homeschool? I would love to homeschool my kids. And I tell them about what they're like, what, what's it like? What time do your kids go to bed? I go, they go to bed whenever they want. And they're like, whatever they want. I'm like, yeah. What time do they get up? Whenever they want. What do they learn during the day? They learn whatever makes them happy. And we talk about, we have no rules. We have no punishment. We have no naughty step. My kids have never been yelled at or punished. You know, we have, we have punishment with integrity, which means if they do something bad, we talk about it. We discuss it. We, we, we set it, we agree on a consequence, something, you know, to repair the damage. There's a lot of open and honest communication happens in our house. And whenever I talk to people about it, they go, oh, I would love to do that. And I go, why don't you? Oh, no, no, I never could. And so immediately, so what, whenever I talk to people about, about what we do, it makes sense to them. And they go, this makes so much sense. And then I say, why don't you do it? Oh, no, no, I never could. And I go, why couldn't you? And they say, oh, because, uh, I mean, what would happen? I just, uh, I just wouldn't know, like, do they not need qualifications? And immediately all their fears start kicking in. And this yeah. is what stops people from going to the gym. This is what stops people from running. <laughs> Same thing. They're like, I would love to do that. Oh, but I can, what would people think of me? Oh, what would happen if this? What would happen if that? We're trained to believe that you grow up, you go to school, you get some qualifications, you go to college, you get a job, you work your way through that job, and then you get married, and then you have babies, and then you retire, and then you die. And so we have this, you know, this beaten path, and we're so, we're so terrified of veering off the beaten path in case something bad happens. And I think you just, it's a, it's a case of getting okay with not knowing. People ask me all the time, yeah. well, well, what's going to happen when your kids are 18? And I go, I don't know. And they go, what do, you, what do you mean you don't know? Like, they're really shocked that you don't know. They expect you to go, well, when he's 18, he's going to do this. And they start questioning you, but how are they going to such and such, whatever? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm okay with not knowing. I'm okay with life unfolding the way it's supposed to unfold. But we have this set plan. Life must go this way. The kids must do this and must get this and must get this. And then there's all these myths. Oh, but surely they need all these qualifications. What for? My 15-year-old my is starting his podcast next week. We're setting him up with a website. He's learning. He, my coach is coaching him on how to become how, the different techniques she uses to coach people. And he's going to start coaching people online. And his goal is to have his business set up and running by next year. And he's 15. So I'm like, I don't really see that he's going to need a qualification for that. And then people go, Oh, well, that's all right for you because you're an entrepreneur and you have all these resources and you can give them this. But what about me who, you know, who has to work and I need to send my kids to school so I can have the daycare? I mean, well, that, you know, that's okay. And that's, it's okay to be honest about that for yourself and say, mm -hmm. this is what I want and this is why I'm choosing it. But don't say it's not, don't say it's impossible or don't say, you know, it's, it, I guess what I'm, what I would ask people to consider if they're considering homeschooling is, that, you know, school is so antiquated. It's just something we've been trained to believe we need mm -hmm. to do with our kids in order to get a specific result. But there is no guarantee that you come out of school or you come out of college and you're going to have a job. Mm -hmm. None. I know many highly qualified people with degrees and college educations who are jobless. 
mm-hmm. and they have no experience and they, they can't get a job. And so it doesn't guarantee you anything anymore. Whereas mm-hmm. the way I look at it is I would rather my kids spend all their time learning something they're passionate about, which ultimately then becomes geography and mathematics and science and all of those different things, because it's this, like, I didn't study business. The reason yeah, why I was going to, I was going to ask you that. Do you have a, do you have a formal degree in school or no? I have a, I went to university and I got a degree in business studies and I barely scraped a 2-2. The lowest, the lowest award you can get is called a third, right? You have to get under 40% to get a third. I got 39.5 and I got a first in partying. All I did all the way through university was drink and party and take drugs and smoke dope. That's all I did in university. And I learned nothing and I barely made it to any of my lectures. And, uh, and, so, and I learned absolutely nothing. And it was a four wasted years of my life. And then uh, the reason why I was so good at business is because suddenly I found myself having to figure it out. Yeah. So when you put your children in a position where they have to figure, figure it, it out, out. someone standing at a blackboard going, okay, copy what I'm saying, learn it and write it down. Like, There's two ways that children learn. There's two ways human beings learn. There's deductive learning, which is I tell you the information, you accept it on good faith, you learn it, you and you repeat it back to me. That's deductive learning. In so if I say to you, this is a pen and it is for writing, and I hand you the pen, that's deductive. Whereas if I say to you, here, figure out what this is, and you're like, you take the lid off and you start, oh, and then you, oh, it's black. There's, And then you start to realize now suddenly you figure out what the pen is for yourself. You have much more of an experience of it than me going, this is a pen and it writes on paper and you can use it for whatever. So school is a very deductive learning process. They they ask children to take information on good faith, to par- learn it, to commit it to memory and to parrot it back many times. Um, it's not an inductive learning process. So we come out of school really, really, really good workers who can take information on good faith, parrot it back to people and become good line workers. Mm. Entrepreneurs yeah. generally don't do well in school Figure because they think outside the box and they, they don't want to be trained to follow the curriculum and, and do what the teacher says and do what everybody else is doing. They, they want to do things differently than other people. But the interesting thing is we shove our kids in school and we go, okay, now go to school for 18 years and we train all of their creativity and spontaneity out of them. And then they leave school and we go, now be a creative, free-flowing, you know, outside the box thinking entrepreneur. And they're like, but you've just spent 18 years training me not to be that way. <laughs> it's So it depends what you want for your for your life. And some people do want their kids to go to school. They're like, no, no, I just want them to get a job. It'll make me feel safer if I know they have an education, they can get a job, they can earn, you know, $30,000, $40,000 a year, they can have a family, pay their mortgage, that makes me feel happy. And then there's other moms like me who are like, that is the last thing on this earth I want for my children. Because I yeah. see so many people who live that life who are miserable. Yeah. And I don't want kids to be miserable. If they want to go and live in a bloody hippie commune in India or in, in outer Mongolia and like, you know, build mud huts and that makes them happy, I'll send them off with my blessing. As long as they're happy, that's all that matters for me. So I've never placed education as the most important thing for my children or money. I Their happiness and their self-esteem and their joy for life has always been at the forefront of my goals for them. And as long as I feel I'm achieving that as a parent, I think I'm doing a good job. Amazing. Well, what, a, what an eye-opening rant. Thank you for doing that here. Um, my wish for my children that I pray every night is I just want them to be grateful adults. 
just grateful adults. I think gratitude is, is the most important thing to me. And um, this makes sense now, you know, after hearing you talk about this, why that's so aligned with me, because natural consequence is the best teacher. And that is also um, that fosters gratitude. The thing that fosters gratitude most is natural consequences. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. What? Okay. Another subject shift a little bit. So, okay. Lately, you've taken a stand against your haters on social media. They're everywhere, believe it or not. So I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and read a few of your posts and watch your stories. Um, and you, you get it all the time, right? Um, the theme that I'm getting from you is you've had it playing nice with these trolls <laughs> and now you're just calling them out. And it's fun to watch, actually. <laughs> I admire you for doing that because people tell me, like, Sheila, stop wasting your time. Why would you even repost that? Why would you even waste your time on these trolls? Like, um, it, I've, I've heard people say that you, people who accuse you of creating eating disorders through your programs, when clearly that's not the case, like um, your biceps clearly no. we're built from like calories <laughs> right so i know you have your share of haters who are in my opinion uh losers because yeah. you know they call you narcissistic and vain and um we have a lot of entrepreneurial listeners right now um who are afraid to put themselves out there post on social media or put anything out there out of the fear of criticism um and their fear is so crippling that they can't even show their face or much less go live. Everything needs to be so perfect. Uh, but even if you post something perfect, that doesn't mean you're not going to have trolls. Yeah. Um, in my experience, I've also had my share of trolls and haters who say similar things about me, telling me I'm annoying. My husband, your husband must be so annoyed by you. And then they ask me if my eyes are real because my eyes are so big. And they ask me, <laughs> why, why do you hate your Asian eyes? That you wear contact lenses. Do you hate your Asian eyes? Oh. Do you hate the fact that you're Asian? Is that why you have blonde hair? Why do you hate yourself so much? How dare you have an identity? How dare I? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> so super rude people who aren't brave enough to show their own face. Like typically when you click on these trolls and their their Instagram profiles, it's like it's not even their face. Like they don't no. they don't they're not even brave enough to show their own face. So Okay, what would you say to somebody listening right now who um, holds themselves back due to the fear of criticism and haters who are paralyzed by that fear? Yeah, well, what I realized recently um, was just to give you a, a bit of a backstory. My husband, I think men are very prideful and my husband hasn't understood a lot of what I do on social media. And whenever you have a lot of pride, you care a lot about what people think of you. And I truly never made decisions in business or in life based on what people will think of me if I make this decision or what people think of the decision that I made. And so my husband used to question a lot of my decisions and, and he would have said, oh, why are you doing that? Why, why are you even responding to that? Why are you even giving that, you know, um, mm -hmm. any airtime. And, and I said to him, well, there's, so there's two things which I want to bring into this. The first one is I said to him, why do you think I'm doing it? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, why do you think? He said, you obviously have a reason or you think that I'm doing it for some reason, which may or may not be true, but why do you think? And he goes, 
uh, well, I I don't know. Uh, Is it that you like, you just get sucked into it or you want to try and prove them wrong or you want to be right? And I said, nope. And he said, oh, well, what is it then? And I said, everything I do is strategic especially when it comes to my Instagram. I don't, I just don't post things willy nilly. People are like, you're so real and so raw on Instagram, which I am. But also there's a lot of stuff you don't see that I keep away from Instagram because, you know, I, because I I have it separate. I know what I want to put up and I know what I don't, but everything I do is strategic. My highest goal has always been to help people. And that's why I'm successful because I don't think about how much money I'm going to make or whatever. I I think about how can I help this person to be happier, to to look in the mirror in the morning and feel proud of what they see and who they have become. How can I help this person to have more joy in their life? That's always been my highest goal. And a cup and so what happened was whenever I started getting the haters, I um, of course, I'm triggered by them as well sometimes, especially mm-hmm. if they're really nasty. And so a couple of times when I posted on my Instagram, I was inundated with the flood of messages of people saying, thank you so much for posting this. This makes me feel so much better to see that you have this as well. This happened to me. I got this. And and they so they started like flooding me with messages, thanking me for showing them how to deal with it. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a massive missing resource that that people have because a lot of people hold themselves back not because they're scared of the haters but because they don't have a strategy or a tool or a resource to deal with the haters and i i realized that me showing how i deal with the haters was actually helping other people and they were coming back to me and saying oh my god i did totally what you did and i posted on my instagram and i responded to this person and i called them out and I loved it. And so that's why I that's why I started showing a lot of the stuff that I responded to. But I always remember hearing a quote. The reason why I call the haters out and I respond mm-hmm. to them and I don't let it happen on my page is I remember hearing a quote years ago. I can't even remember who it was by, but um, I want to say Gandhi or someone. And, and they said, bad things don't exist in the world because of the people who do them, but because of the people who stand by and say nothing. And it always stuck with me. And I thought mm-hmm. it's true. People will do bad things, but if you see something bad and you say nothing, you're saying, I allow this to exist in the world. I accept that this is okay. Your silence speaks far louder than your words. And so I think the reason why trolls have become so prolific online is because the, 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 the information or the advice you're given by anyone who gets trolled is ignore them. Yes, that is the advice you get. Don't give them your time. They'll go away. They don't go away. They get worse. And the reason I believe why trolling is getting worse is because nobody is standing up to them. So they, and I I, I imagine trolls to be like, um, you know, sometimes if you're ever on a diet and you you think, I'll just have a little bite of that, just just one little bite. And you have a little bite of it and you're like, and then you're like, oh, oh, I didn't, I don't have a fat stomach after that one little bite. Maybe next time I have a bigger bite and maybe a bigger <laughs> bite. And then, and then like, then you're down the rabbit hole of, is my ass bigger? Cause I ate that full cookie, you know, and, and, and then you realize it isn't. And so you, you learn to push the boundaries. Human beings are natural one adversity seekers and two boundary pushers. They always say, Jordan Peterson says, if you make a, if you make a playground too safe, children won't play in it. So uh, human beings are natural adversity seekers. So if we don't have enough adver- natural adversity in our lives, mm-hmm. we create it. We create it. And I, I have a, so much adversity in my life. Sometimes I, I see something on Instagram that I don't agree with. And I go to write it. I think, oh, I'm going to you know respond to this. And I get halfway through and I go, hang on a second. Do I really want to respond to this? Because this is going to open up. People are going to put going to come back. And then I, do I really want, do I have time to put this out there? I go, no, 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 I don't. I just delete the whole thing. 
because I just don't have time to engage with people on Instagram because I have so much adversity in my life. So what happens is these trolls, <laughs> true. they troll a little bit, right? And nothing happens. And I was like, ooh, I got to feel better for a minute because understand the reason why someone would put you down is because they see you doing something and uh, they see you being beautiful with these beautiful big eyes and these lovely long lashes. And they look at you and they think, God, she's successful and she's happy and she's beautiful. And that causes them pain because it reminds them of everything they're not. So what they do is they go, your eyes are so huge and you look so ugly. And then they go for an instant, they feel better. For an instant, they feel better. It's actually like a cross wiring. So they feel better for an instant because they put you down and it felt good. And so if nobody checks that, right? If your children make that mistake and you don't check them, they that can be a pattern that they can continue on in their lives because they realize in that moment when I lashed out and I hit my brother, I felt good for a second. Me hurting him felt good for a second. It's just a natural discovery that human beings make. So these trolls, this is what happens with them. And if you don't come back at them, they, it, they, re, they realize they can get away with it. It's almost like someone who realizes they can steal and have absolutely no consequences. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if we learned as children that we could steal and have zero consequences, we would probably become thieves and we would keep stealing and stealing and stealing and stealing and stealing because nothing would ever, ha- nothing bad would ever happen. Bad. So if these trolls put, if they troll you online and they say something mean, and they don't get any negative, they don't have anyone come back at them and say, that's not okay. They continue to do it. And so whenever I realized this, I realized how much it was helping people. And then I went back to my thoughts of if we allow bad things to happen in the world, then they will, they will continue to happen. I decided, well, I'm not going to just sit back and ignore this. I'm not going to ignore them because it isn't going away. It's getting worse. And so rather, so I decided to hit back. And once I decided to hit back and I, sometimes I do it laughingly, like I, you know, I, I make fun of them. I make, you know, sometimes I poke at them and I make fun of them. Or sometimes if they're really, really nasty and mean, I just like screenshot them. And then I just put them on my Instagram Mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I, and I do like a whole big story of them. But what I have realized is since I started doing it, the amount of trolls I get has plummeted interesting plummeted they've stopped trolling me because they know on my page they won't get away with it now i don't think they've stopped trolling i think they've probably gone and find someone else to troll but they don't troll me because they know that they're not going to get away with it now still you get some outside people come in and trolling but then the minute they do all my followers are like oh you're gonna get it now <laughs> they're almost like they're getting like the popcorn <laughs> watching the show you know because they know what's gonna happen so so i'm like you know so that is why i do it that is what i teach people and so what i try and give people now is tools to deal with it i find that when you have a tool to deal with something you don't feel so overwhelmed by it and if we're told ignore it do nothing that's mm-hmm. not a that you can teach someone who's new and who's putting themselves out there and having yeah, this happen. Yeah. You need to give them a tool that they can use to overcome it. But also, I don't believe, I think that if someone, like if someone came into your, your store, if you had a beauty salon and somebody came in and went, you're an absolute dickhead. I'm sorry, I swear really badly. I've tried not to say the F word <laughs> too much, but I'm really bad. Someone comes in and goes, you're ugly and your, your, your store stinks and you hurt people. You know what you would say? Get the out of my store now. Like you wouldn't stand there and go, I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring you. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you wouldn't like let them stay and like fight with your followers. You would kick them out. 
So I always say to people, if you wouldn't let them stay in your physical store, why would you let them stay in your virtual store? Like my Instagram is my virtual world. I wouldn't let anyone come into my house and shit on the carpet. So I'm not going to let them come in and do it on Instagram either. Mm -hmm. And since I adopted that, like I've never ignored them. I've always either deleted, blocked them or replied to them. But since I've started teaching other people to do that, they have written to me and said, I feel so empowered by this. I actually have a strategy. Everyone else is telling me to ignore it. But you can't ignore it when it when it it, it it hits you so bad. But can I tell you one more thing? Do you know why people say to ignore it? Why? I've had a lot of people writing to me and saying, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to unfollow you. I really enjoy your content. But, but yeah, you've no idea. And these are actually people who are kind of nice or whatever, good followers. And they say, I'm going to unfollow you. I really enjoy your content, but I just can't stand to see. I think that you're getting too caught up in these trolls and you're getting too caught up in the drama. And this is becoming the focus of your Instagram. And I don't want to be here anymore. Interesting. You know, what they're, you know what they're really saying to me? What? Being hit in the world triggers me and makes me feel uncomfortable. And I follow you because I want to be comfortable. And now I'm not comfortable, not because of what I'm doing, but because I don't want to see the hate in the world. So the reason why we, we tell people to delete and block or sorry, just to ignore the, the trolls is because it makes us feel uncomfortable and they don't want people don't want to be uncomfortable. We literally spend our lives seeking comfort, but I'm not that way. And you're not that way. And the most successful people in the world do not seek comfort. We seek mm -hmm. discomfort at mm -hmm. every level. Mm -hmm. And so. They, a lot of followers, they just want comfort. They don't want to see this hate. That's why they close their eyes to it. That's why they pretend it doesn't exist. That's why they tell people to ignore it because they don't want to see it. It's like a little child standing in the corner with his hand over his eye saying, you can't see me, you know, like pretending that they're invisible. They're not invisible. They're there and they're real. And if people don't get okay with being uncomfortable, they're never going to grow. And if you don't want to be uncomfortable, don't follow me on Instagram because I will post funny stuff, but I will post stuff that will challenge your beliefs and make you feel uncomfortable. And that's what people are really saying when they say they don't want to see it. They're just saying, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to look at it. I just want to be comfortable. So interesting. having people be never be my highest value <laughs> ever. But uh, I think we need to get, get better at it. We really do. We need to get better at it. Yeah. If you see something bad, if you see something that's not okay, call it out. Like that, that makes sense to me. I think also the pushback might be, well, don't you think that they, that these trolls enjoy the attention? But based on your research on your own Instagram page is that they actually don't because the amount of trolls that you got has, has plummeted since yeah. adopting this strategy, I guess, since calling yeah. them out. But yeah, fans. that's, say that confused again. Fans. I said, we call them confused fans. Confused, yes. Yeah. Oh, no idea how many confused fans I have. I had a girl recently who, who was, was literally, was we actually sent her a cease and desist letter because what she was saying about me in one of the big vegan bodybuilding groups was so defamatory. We actually could have taken a lawsuit against her. Yeah. And whenever we went, and then some, my, my followers kept saying, you should see what this girl is saying about you in this group. So they kept sending me screenshots. And this is probably what you saw on my Instagram. Whenever then I went to, um, I, I sent, they sent it to my director of operations. I said, I want to send this girl a cease and desist letter because it's actually just defamatory what she's saying now. And so whenever she went in to find her, she realized that not only was this girl on my mailing list and opened every single mail out that we sent, she had joined my million dollar mentor uh, webinar two hours long masterclass and watch the entire thing from start to finish oh, and yes she follows me on instagram yes. I went in, she, was, she follows me on instagram yes. truly used fan truly yes. used fan 
I, oh my gosh, yeah, that is how trolls are. They take the time to watch the whole thing. The whole thing, two hours long. They know everything about you, but yet they say they can't stand you. Like, how oh, how masochistic are you? Like, you're going through the pain of watching me and following me? Like, I thought you hated me. That's hilarious. That energy and they channel that into something productive. Truly. Imagine if they took all that time and energy and effort that they put into and all of that grit and determination and feeling Mm -hmm. that they generate around you Mm -hmm. and they channeled it into something productive. Imagine how much better the world would be. Negative feelings are are, are a good thing. It depends what you do with it. So yeah, I, sometimes I think when people are too comfortable or too complacent, I'm like, oh, you're not really going to accomplish anything. And like, <laughs> you're just too comfortable. Yeah. That's the other C word. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, somebody like that, who's like angry, and who's got a lot of, you know, drive and like, who, who has a chip on their shoulder? Yeah, I'd hire them if they knew how to channel, you know, their, their anger. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, never, never thought about it that way. You help me. Um, change my mind on that. Like, why? Why am I just ignoring these trolls? Sure. No, I, would, mm-hmm. I, sure. I laugh about it. People love it when you laugh about it, and you think. And also, one more thing, can I say? Just I don't. Sure. I know I'm a lot, but this should be a conversation. But um, one one of the other things is that the more successful you are in the world, the more you're going to get hated on. Mm-hmm. And I have now seen it as a mark of of um, respect. The more you are yourself, yes. the more you stand out from the crowd, the more you stand for something, anything. When you take a stand for something and you dare to be yourself, mm-hmm. people want to stop you because we are taught through school a lot of times that being different is not okay. In school, being different is not okay. You must ha- wear the same, you know, wear the same whatever training shoes or I don't know the lingo in, in Canada or America, but in uh, here, you know, we call them trainers. You must have the, the correct shoes, the correct clothes, the correct jewelry. You know, you don't want to stand out from the crowd and be different because those who stand out from the crowd are ostracized and they are teased and they are bullied. So you don't want to, you know, you, you're taught in school that it's important to be the same. You must be the same as everybody else. And we're taught this the whole way through life. So the problem is they see someone being different, like you or I, and actually standing up, not giving a shit. And they go, oh my God, no, how dare you? How dare you be that way? Get back in your box. Get back in your box. You know, stop stop being that way in the world. And they want to like put you back in your box. But the way I look at it is the more hate I get, the more trolls I get. Like, what is it now? Apparently I'm running a sex cult now. I took like a, a training program in America, a really good training program a few years ago. Company leader got himself in trouble recently. And some idiot online is now saying that I'm running a sex cult. Apparently I am the leader of the company in Ireland. And I was like, oh, really? Like news to me? And I'm, he's saying I'm lap dancing in front of my children. And I was like, oh, I've definitely made it now. I've reached a whole new level of, of notoriety with, the, with the, the, the stuff they're making up about me now. Uh, and so I just see it as, I think I finally made it. Actually, with that on Instagram the other day, I was like, no, I'm running a sex cult. And my people were all like, this is ridiculous. We haven't even been invited to join. Like, why, why, why is this happening? And you haven't invited us to join your sex cult. I'm like, I'm sorry. There's an initiation ceremony. You must go through. Like, we had a whole laugh about it in my groups. So, you know, I think that when you get trolled, you know, you've made it. You know, you're doing something yes. worthwhile. If you, if yes. You're not getting any not doing anything worthwhile if you're not doing anything worthwhile you're not going to be successful yes it's almost like a rite of passage it is it is if you're not getting trolls like what are you doing you must not be trying you must not be trying to get trolls (laughs) 
Yeah, 100%. I think and just the more you are yourself, the more you will trigger people. Oh my uh, God, I trigger I love so it. badly just by being me. But you know what? We're all liars. I said this to my my people in the Million Dollar Mentor Group the other day. I was like, with love, you're all big fat liars. I said, the reason why you can't figure out what product to sell or how to sell it or what the pain point of your customer is, is because you're not honest. We're all we're all big fat liars. We mm-hmm. you, you can't actually truly be honest about what it is that you want. And I had one of the members in the group come to me and she was like, oh, I, whenever I, I started this range of clothing for my daughter, because I wanted her to look pretty and, and not wear what everyone else was wearing. And, and I, and so then whenever I had this conversation, I was like, you're all big fat liars. She wrote in the group she was like okay I had a massive aha moment from listening to Kim's live let me tell you what what I realized she said I didn't I didn't start my children's clothing line because I wanted my daughter to look pretty I started it because I wanted her to be famous on Instagram I wanted to create an Instagram account where she could you know I could build it up for her and then whenever she got to like you know her teens or whatever she would have this Instagram following she would be known for being you know stylish and all of these different things I could do that for her but me doing that for her would also make me feel good because you know I, you know, because I've always wanted to be Instagram famous and I was like, nailed it. That's your course. Yeah. That's your course. There's loads of other moms who want to do that for their kids too. Teach them how to create, curate the feed, how to dress them, how to stage it, how to do all those things. Build an audience. Hate you. I said, they will say, there are people in the world who can't even afford to clothe their children. There are starving people in the world and you're teaching them how to make your child Insta famous. How narcissistic are you? I said, you will be absolutely crucified. I'm going to tell you that now. You will be crucified for being narcissistic, up your own ass. How dare you? How dare you be so honest about what it is that you really, the reason why you really did this. And then, you know, you've made it. And and that's why she stood out from the crowd. And she was like, I'm totally going to do this. And she is full throttle ahead creating her course. And it's not how to make your daughter look pretty. It's like, no, how to make your daughter Insta famous. And how to, how to you know, <laughs> from a young age, how to grow an Instagram following for. Oh, that's an ad I'd click on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? That'll get capture attention for sure. Yeah, well, it'll get, it'll get the people who go, this is for me. And then it'll put off the people who say, this is not for me. And Attract that's what you and repel. You have to repel. That's uh, that's key business pillar for sure. Advertising pillar. Yeah. Okay. Um, love that. Now I can't let you off the hook without giving us some sort of fitness advice. <laughs> sure. All right. So uh, maybe this should have been in the rapid fire, but I'm going to put it towards the end. Okay. So um, you're pressed for time. What are your the your four favorite exercises for anybody who's pressed for time? Like that keep four best exercises, get the most done, hit, hit up the most muscles in the least amount of time. Well, what I would, I, I would go back a step and I would say, well, what's your, what's your goal? Oh, is your okay. goal, you know, is your, because I can give you four exercises that, you know, that work the body effectively. And they're usually compound exercises like a squat, uh, you know, a squat, a bench press, a deadlift, you know, anything that works many, many muscles at the same time. But if you just do that and you don't do anything else, it's not going to, you're not going to change your body, but most people want to, want to get, get lean and muscular. Uh-huh. And so rather than the four exercises, if I can say the four things or the two things that you need to do, three things actually that you need to do. First one, you need to figure out and you can Google this, okay? Anyone listening, you can Google this. Work out what your TDEE is, your total daily energy expenditure. We have a calculator on our website. It's totally free, thesculptedvegan.com. Work out what your TDEE is, your total daily energy expenditure and eat in deficit of your TDEE. Secondly, commit to a gym training program four to five days a week whether it's at home, whether it's in the gym, 
30 minutes is all you need, four to five days a week. Doesn't, and you can do the same exercises every single day for the rest of your life. I have not changed my gym program in three years. Same exercises, same order, same reps, same sets. All I've done is increase the weight. I do not change my gym program. And then lastly, commit to cardio every single day. Not only will cardio make you stronger, Physically and mentally, you can, if you walk outside, you can learn while you're doing it and listen to audiobooks. So you can build your business or your self esteem or your whatever at the same time as you're actually exercising. So it's a double whammy, but it'll make you cardiovascularly fit so you can lift more in the gym and it will help to burn more body fat so you get leaner at the same time. And those are the three things that you want to do, have to do if you want to change your body. It's actually really simple. But then the fourth thing I would say is you have to show up every single day. Don't let yourself off the hook. Like every single day, commit to a long-term plan. It'll take you far longer than you think to change your body shape. And you just have to commit to like schedule it into your diary. My gym is scheduled into my calendar, just like this, this podcast interview was, you know, I have my Mm -hmm. cardio scheduled and I have my gym scheduled Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and nothing else gets put in those places because they're important. Mm -hmm. So valuable. Thank you so much, Kim. This was so awesome. An hour has flown by so fast. Uh, Last question before we wrap up. Wrap up. What is your best advice for how to live a pretty rich life? Get to know yourself. Get to know yourself on the very, very, very deepest level. When you know yourself and when you can have empathy for yourself and for your own struggle and for... for every process, for every, in every aspect of life, you, it deepens your relationships across the board. You can deepen your relationship with your spouse, Mm -hmm. with your children, with your customers, because Mm you, whenever you know yourself and you have a deep empathy for your struggle and you're not punishing towards yourself Mm -hmm. for one of the times when you fail, then you can try someone on as to why they would act that way. And then you can have empathy for them. Mm -hmm. So it's been the, the, my capacity to, have empathy for people has been the single biggest, excuse me, the single biggest factor in my growth physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, I do a a massive amount of deep work have done for many years and, and it has given me a huge amount of empathy for my own struggle and therefore a huge amount of empathy for other people's struggles, which has deepened my relationship in every single aspect Mm. of life. Yeah. Oh gosh. I love you even more. I didn't know that was possible. I love you even more. Thank you so much for doing this. And for those listeners um, who are curious to dive deeper into the Kim Constable world, how can we find you on Instagram and how can we work with you? Um, Well, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Probably at the Sculpted Vegan is the best place that you can find me. I respond to every single direct message that I receive. So you can send me a DM and we can connect personally. Um, And then the only other place where you can find out about fitness programs is the sculptedvegan.com. The million dollar mentor is closed. We're not opening again until March. Um, mm. but yeah, business is the million dollar mentor and fitness is the sculpted vegan. But if you want to connect with me personally, the sculpted vegan on Instagram is the best place to go. Yeah. And she has an awesome podcast as well. You guys, Kim constable podcast. I'm going to link all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Kim. This was incredible and you're amazing. Love I'm you so, so much had a chance to do it. It was amazing for me too. And thank you so much for inviting me. 
Wasn't she just wonderful? Do you not just love her as much as I loved her? Honestly, you know, like sometimes you just meet someone and you just click with them. Well, let me tell you, Sheila is someone that I have just clicked with. She is definitely a kindred spirit and we have become very firm friends and definitely will remain that way for the foreseeable future. So hope you enjoyed this uh, extra special bonus episode of the Kim Constable podcast. Thank you so much to Sheila Bella for having me on the podcast. If you want to check her out, it is the Pretty Rich podcast. You can find the full episode there that I recorded with her. If you if you really want to listen to it again, I'm sure you probably don't. And um, But also, if you are a permanent makeup artist, a PMU, I didn't even know what that meant before, a PMU, permanent makeup artist, and you are interested in growing your online business the way Sheila has, she now has two seven-figure businesses, definitely check her out because her business building strategies are amazing. And she's actually just really, really fun to be around and to watch and, you know, and to um, follow on Instagram. So uh, guys, see you on Thursday for another episode of the Kim Constable podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode and I will chat with you guys very soon. Have a wonderful week wherever you are and I will see you again on Thursday. Bye for now.